0: Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nugget burger of Sunday voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle Kingdeals zijn
1: maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Woo! Afternoon everybody and welcome to this week's edition of the Royal Blue Podcast. Uh, myself, Phil Kerb-Bride and uh, back out from the cold of the international break. All seem to have lost weight from absolute shock and fear of having two weeks without Premiership footy. We've got Gav Buckland, Tony Scott and uh, Chris Beasley is with us this week and very welcome to. We'll be discussing a variety of topics today, obviously looking ahead to the big game on Saturday at the Etihad, Man City, we'll be discussing, you know, I'll be posing the question whether Everton are better off now that John Stones isn't isn't at the club and he's at City, are we in a better place? We'll be talking tactics, formations, get the, the ideas of the lads, see what they would do if they were in Ronald Koeman's. That no expensive loafers. Uh, we'll obviously touch on the club versus country route. I was going to say simmering, but it's full-blown warfare now between Everton and the Republic of Ireland. And obviously it would be remiss of us not to uh, discuss, and I think we'll round off the podcast this week by discussing the the pictures that you've seen on the Echo website this afternoon. If you haven't, get on get onto the website and have a look. Fahad Mishiri leading an Everton delegation down to the Bramley Moor dock and the, a potential site for Everton's new stadium. But before we get onto new stadiums, we look ahead to a fairly new stadium in the Etihad, the Etihad and, and Everton's trip there this weekend. Tony, give me your feelings, give me your thoughts about going into that game. As an Evertonian, are you confident we can go there and get a result? I think it's exactly what Everton needs at the moment. They need a big game
2: they've played. Teams, I think Tottenham's probably been the toughest toughest fixture we've had so far, we've played a couple of mid-table teams, a couple of teams struggling. I think this is exactly what Everton needs for me, it'll be a true test of, to see what they've got. But more importantly it'll be a test on the defence which has been praised by Ronald Koeman and by a lot of Evertonians as well. We don't seem to concede too many go, um, shots on our on target do we so this will be a massive test for Everton. And um, I think one that I'm I'm confident on. I think we can
1: at least get a goal over there, and um, maybe sneak a point. Chris, Tony mentioned it's uh, the, the second best defense in the Premier League so far after the first mm-hmm. seven games. You know, uh, have we got any hope of getting a result there without Tim Cahill or you know Fellaini? Always used to <laughs> yeah. pop up and, and, yeah. and, and grab winners for us. What what's what's? Yeah, it was
3: strange, wasn't it, for a long time? Um, Everton seemed to have the the Indian sign over City. They had a great record there, but it's kind of dried up in recent seasons I think more is actually fed on that animosity that there was between City and Everton going uh, to a gunfight with knives and all that yeah, stuff yeah, City was kni- going to a gunfight with a knife did the whole Julian Lescott situation Everton had a great record there but it's been a number of years now since they've got a result there so they are probably due one. Well.
1: Gav so if we did go into a gunfight with a knife as, <laughs> as old Davy used to say is it a slightly sharper knife or have we upgraded to a gun in this one
0: um, well, I think we probably may have upgraded to a gun, but I think City probably upgraded to a whole awesome. battleship. Of, <laughs> <laughs> battleship of guns, haven't we? So they're, they're not playing City of two thousand eight nine. we were playing City of sixteen seventeen. With Guardiola as the manager, so both teams probably have shifted in that time. Um, I hope Tony's thoughts, which is not necessarily the best way to start the podcast, to be honest with you. But, you know, but no, seriously. <laughs> I mean I've got I've had those don't really get stupid feelings about the game. I've had a good mm. feeling about this game mm. all week and I, I don't know why. I just think that it's a game that we can get a result out. I think for a number of reasons. I, I think you, It'd be interesting to see your, your, your views on this. Do you think City are just a little bit overrated because Guardiola is the manager? And that, that like that actually he's seen as the second coming and at the completely, you know, the dominant force. But actually as we've seen in the last two games, Steve mm. You know, when they've been pressured and stuff, maybe not look like, as great as what um, perhaps they are. And I think I think that's the key for us tomorrow. Is you know, we're playing Man City now. We're not playing Barcelona two thousand and eleven. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the key thing for us psychologically tomorrow. Is, is as Tony was saying to go there, think we can get a result.
1: Well, I just want to I, I, just mention on that, Gavin. If you take away Spurs, and obviously we have to accept that the Liverpool, I'm sorry, I haven't played Liverpool. Have these take away Spurs tomorrow is probably Spurs. Um, Man City's hardest test in the league so far. And the people have Mm. talked about, oh, I haven't had an easy start, so and so. Well, you know, obviously, you know, they played Sunderland on the first day, you know, we did Sunderland, obviously, we should have got something at Bournemouth, they hammered Bournemouth, Mm. West Hammer in all sorts of trouble at the back, you know. So I I think it's right to say that actually this will be, other than Spurs, a really tough test because obviously the difference will be. The onus again will be on City because they're at home. Maybe it's Spurs, It was it, they had obviously all the balls still, yeah. but it was a little bit different of a dynamic. So I don't know if we'll find I th- out the I more think about this them, is a nice time to play City at the moment. You've got De Bruyne injured as well, hasn't he? It, it, it basically, um, just a little update. Pep Guardiola's at his press conference today, and he said of the three, Aguero, Sterling, and De Bruyne, not all three will play.
2: You're not going to hit them. I think, Everton, it's a good time to play them, me personally. It, it was interesting, Ronald Koeman's thoughts on the City defence. In, in, during the mm. week, he basically said the day to be got it, he can be got it. And as Tottenham proved last week, if but you've got to have that fitness levels, and it's going to be interesting. Mm. Tottenham done that for 19 minutes, didn't he? And they got the results. I think if you drop down a gear against Manchester City, they can pin you back. But I think Everton's fitness levels have got to be 100% tomorrow to, to get a, any kind of result, whether a draw
0: or a victory, it's going to have to be 100%. I think I think the difference between the Tottenham and Celtic games is that they were City playing away, weren't they? Mm. So they're playing at home tomorrow, which is a slightly different dynamic. How you play yeah. the game, and I know you want to monitor tactics later on, Phil. But I, I just think that we've got we've got enough about us to get a get a result tomorrow, and I think we should be looking at it positively, not thinking, it'll, you know, could be a bit of a paster when you need some people. Oh God, you know. If we were to
2: get a result, with so reliant. reliance, I know we bang on about it every week on the one player to score goals for us aren't we but the midfielders are going to have to chip in with goals surely for
0: Everton to get a result or well, the odd set piece Um I don't I mean yeah yeah exactly I mean it's probably part of the tactics thing isn't it Um be interesting to see how we set up And um, when you see City's defence you know full backs maybe not as great as whether blast can get any joy how, how we play I'm not saying but hopefully we'll uh, I, I, it's not it's not it's not you know, where they uh, on got unsurmount, multiple tasks tomorrow. Mm.
2: If City are there to so be got it at the backfield, where do you
1: see Everton capitalising on that? I think it's got to be counter-attack football. You've got mm. to accept that they will have most of the ball, sixty percent maybe plus possession. Yeah. You know, we we would love that to be the reverse, and it will, yeah. we'll control the game. But let's be realistic. Mm. And they play high line, don't they? Yeah. An exceptionally it's high really line. High, you yeah. know, I'm really intrigued to watch Bravo tomorrow and and, and see how high he actually is at the pitch. So that to me says. Danny Balassi and Rom Lukaku on the last shoulder, on the toes, and they've got to be so alert, but equally they've got to be ruthless. Because if you look at how Tottenham did it, you know they beat them and they were, the pressing was incredible, yeah. the, the intensity was unbelievable. But you know, in 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 reality, they didn't actually create that many chances. But you know, you've got to be hitting the target. Yeah. We, we won't get second chances really. And I, my mind, in, when I've been thinking about this game, goes back to the. Semi final second leg last season, and De La who goes clean, yeah. clean through. Yeah. And you just think if he scores, game over, right? it's yeah. game over because that really kills them. Mm-hmm. But he just, it was well, we all know what happened. It was he barely touched it, did he? And he just yeah. rolled to the keeper. So it, it's to me, it's all about discipline, organization, but being ruthless. And that's where Rom and Yannick have to come in and, and, and step up, so to speak.
2: We just haven't had to improve on there, Chris, to get any kind of result.
3: Yeah, I think it could be the, the opportunity for Yannick Bellassi. We were mentioning him today in, in the office, the fact that you know he can be brilliant and um, awful in the same game I mean there's was a game up at Sunderland he provided the cross for one of Lukaku's goals but in the same game he collapsed in the heap with nobody <laughs> him. so hopefully he could make that, that break um, um said to me, he sets a goal to target for him he wants to chip in yeah. about half a dozen times yeah. so as long as Rom doesn't keep um, nicking them off him yeah. maybe this could be this a should, chance This should
2: be perfect for Yannick Belasi should they yeah. big pitch away from home City defence and high up the pitch this is this this is what why we bought Yannick Bolasie, isn't
1: it? So. I think so. mate. Yeah, and I think I think I want to see. I'll ask you you lads what you would go with. I would go with. I think Gav will disagree, but we'll wait and see. I think I go. I go three five two. I'd pack. I'd pack the middle yeah. of the pitch. I'd pack the midfield, and the two would be Yannick and Ron. for me, Yannick will do. He'll, he'll dig in and muck in at the back. So you can rely on him to be you know ten men behind the ball if necessary. Whatever we play but also he's fit enough to be up and down up and down and you know I, I, that's how I would play it uh, the three-five-two 5 2 Phil. did you I, say I'm, I'm bring, I would bring in Mason yeah. Holgate Jags Ashley Williams my two wing backs are Seamus and Bainsey then obviously across so you've got Seamus and Bainsey either size wing backs and then you three others in the middle Idrissa Gay Barry and I play Tom Cleverley. wouldn't you play Barkley no no mm. because I'm not convinced he's in the right place yeah. from the last few performances I think it's time to you know the manager went with cleverly against Palace. You know they played the four four two diamonds. He wanted them to be compact. He said that's what Tom will bring me. So I think well, is it is it in Coon's makeup? Is, it, is he the type of manager to go well? I'm going to try something. and Then ah oh, just dismiss it. I think he'll play him. I think he should play him. Do you think he's just playing just because he'll give more off the ball? Yeah, I loss. think yeah, I think he will. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's about. Yeah. And he'll play the simple pass. I don't. He's not. I don't. He's. he's necessary the different players, mm. but I think maybe in this situation, Tom will just play the simple pass, win it back, recycle. So you've got three players like that in the middle. Idrissa, Barry and Tom, win it back, recycle. Mm. So if that's
2: the case, you're going to have Barclay, Morales and Delefay on a
0: strong bench there, aren't you, Gav? Yeah, yeah, as Phil was quite right, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. Um I think... Which is probably tied in against to something we discussed, which McCarthy. Really, I, I ideally will play four three three tomorrow. With, um, in an ideal world, I'd, I'd play McCarthy just a guy and Barrios as three, and then play. I, I'm like you, I wouldn't play Ross, play yeah. uh, Balassi, Lukaku, and Morales. Or, I the same Ross raised his game
2: away there yeah. last season, scores a crack. I
0: think. We've got to think we've got to think about City here. Yeah. Um I w I wouldn't play three five two because your weakness then is on the flanks and City play, you, you know, they use the full width of the pitch. Like you know, uh, Nalito and Sterling are permanently on the touchline. And I think if you've not got two two full backs in that position in, in that lineup, then that space between your wing backs and, and, and centre half is, is vulnerable. But, but do you f- not
1: think by playing Bainesy and Coleman, two full backs as wing backs, they will naturally Pin, uh,
0: pin yeah, City I mean, back there I mean, in the lead be on Sterling, they'd be better fans in I, their defensive. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm not saying. I think. I think if you have a look, eh, uh, played that for West Ham there, and, and they got gunstock stuck. City just overloads the the flanks, you know. Um, but it depends. On, as you say how you play. Four backs, yeah. everyone might play the four backs in a slightly different way to to, to Billets, But they got found. I would say West Ham. And and, and but I wouldn't play the threes. I think that <laughs> I don't want to complicate things, but I think. The thing with city is is to stop them playing with the line in between the lines isn't it it's mm. that i always think like any guardiola team it's that sort of 20 yards in front of the penalty area you know that that, that is you've got to like sort of cramp that space mm. so that's why i'd have three i'd have three in that that area with, with your two full backs out, out wide but i think if we had the at had, had the ball and we're pushing forward I'd probably move it just a guy as sort of support for, for the three um, so, rather than just play the 3 but I think he's got it in him to play sort of box-to-box, and I think tomorrow could
1: be ideal. Tony, is there an argument to play the four four two diamond that he did against Palace? Because he did that with the intention of making, quote, it was more compact.
2: Uh, Not against Manchester City. Okay. I agree with what Gav touched on. They'll just stretch, as I said, Nelito and Sterling, that Everton will be so compact, the City will just stretch the pitch even wider. And I think Everton will get run ragged if that was the case. I agree you on the formation. I think Everton should try the 3-5-2, cramped up midfield, fields and you could you could even I, I, I think by playing the wing backs Sterling and Alito wouldn't be more adventurous going forward because they'd be petrified looking behind them mm. I think I think it, 3 three-five-two would shoot heaven down to
3: the grounds.
1: Chris you've picked your team for our team yeah. selector which you can see on the website now mm-hmm. did you go
3: yeah I have gone with the, the flat back four I've got Ooh, um, yeah. oh oh rigid I've made my stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. um I think it's a bit of a throwback to the days of Walter Smith. I'm still <laughs> very, un- very uncomfortable with the with the free centre halves, but uh, I know that Ronald does um, favour it at times. He yeah. is comfortable with switching to that, so I think he might do it. Um, I I wouldn't go with it myself. I've gone for the flat back four, but I think he might w- well go with the the free centre halves. But I think it's an interesting call if we go with. Mason Holgate like what Phil said or Ramiro Funes Mori who's obviously been mm. bleating about his lack of minutes of late. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I think the other the other thing I'd say about City is Guardiola does that thing, doesn't he, where took he, he he took the two full backs in when they've got the ball, so he keeps the two centre halves but the two full Protected uh, almost. Yeah, so the, he plays then plays in the middle when they've got the ball and it's actually played two centre halves. Fernandino with the two four backs mm. tucked in and then he plays like sort of effectively five at the front. And I think you've got to be cognizant of that. I mean, that's why, like, I think in that space, if you if you're moving your full, full backs forwards, you've got like plenty of space on the wings then to attack. I think like I'd have sort of Balassi, sort of maybe a little bit out wide um, for that. Um, but did you do you make it difficult for you when they've got the ball City because he you know, it's, it's quite a good move to move your two, two four backs in, so that means it's very difficult to get people on the break, especially down in the middle of the pitch. Mm. So I'd maybe think about, you know, that's why I play four, three,
2: three. Would you play McCarthy's as you say? Go well,
0: we know we're gonna talk about it. If if you don't have McCarthy, Cleverly could probably do mm. do it all. So in effect it's not too dissimilar to what Bill's saying really, mm. just whether he counted as
1: you've know, you, you come full circle have you agreed with me no there? no we have <laughs> sucked them in we've sucked to no, in no
0: no no I'm, I know Chris didn't say the rest of the team name but we said the back four like, yeah, he's yeah, only yeah, playing yeah. four at the back, back, yeah. back so, yeah. Yeah. yeah but so, nah, I, 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 ideally McCarthy cleverly could get away with four and four three three.
1: so you brought up McCarthy and it neatly brings us on to before we talk about um, John Stones about McCarthy do you think it was indicative of Kuman's planning for this game, that he was so publicly angry with Ireland's treatment of James McCarthy that he that he was that he was actually in his mind he was thinking if James E had come through 45 minutes in one game, 45 in another, was fine, was fit, he was gonna actually start him on Saturday. He may still do that, but do you think his his anger in the press conference and what he said to us, you know, accusing Martin O'Neill and Ireland of killing the player. Do you think that was a sign that he was seriously thinking about recalling Jamesy for this game?
2: No, I, I think he, he may not have done, but I think it's clever management on, on Ronald Koeman's behalf here. I think he's basically telling Ireland who's boss, if you know what I mean. He's our player, whichever way you look at it. And he, I know Koeman's just got his feet under the table, but he's he, he's shown Martin O'Neill, listen, he's my player, and I'm in charge of him, if you know what I'm coming from. And for future games, we'll say whether he gets released or whatnot, and he's our player. I think he's... He, that he's laying down the law to Ireland. With regards to whether he'll play him or not, I don't think he will. I right. don't think he will. Just
1: because of form and injuries basis and lack of minutes as yeah. well. Chris, we've obviously run the subsequent story today. Martin O'Neill has hit back in mm-hmm. quite a, a robust um, response, if you yeah. like, and quite firm in, in, in his, his retort. Have you got sympathy for James in this situation because he'd been injured... He hadn't, been previous that he hadn't really been in the team. Yeah. and You kind of have sympathy because when he got the call from O'Neill, you're in the squad, and he went and asked him, do you want to play?
0: Yeah.
1: It would be totally understandable for him to just say, absolutely, and he just wants to keep playing. You know, yeah. But equally, he's done that with the best intentions, but he's come back, as the manager says, massively overloaded.
3: It's happened, it's happened twice now um, this season with Ireland. Seamus Coleman came back and mm. played for Ireland before he'd Played for Everton mm. after he'd had um his, his leg in the car. They played just once, didn't he? Is that yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but O'Neill has done that. He's had a player who's been injured with Everton has put him straight back here. Yeah, I mean, obviously he wants to look after his own interests, and I think it would be perhaps a bit unfair to say that O'Neill would would choose a player who, who shouldn't have been yeah. um, available. The Ireland staff would would assess the situation mm. themselves. But ultimately, if anything happens to the player, you know it's it's it, it, to um, Everton's cost and obviously Everton would foot, would foot the bill um, mm. financially as well you can understand where James is coming from he's had a difficult start to the season there was talk was, was he going then he had the injury before the transfer window shut um, taken off at West Brom early in the season as well when he was playing out at wing back so he was all over the place really so yeah. I think like you say he just wants to get out there and, and play
1: and Gavin actually in, in a kind of ironic cruel way as James he maybe made that decision and said to the manager for both games a fit I can play because he's thinking well, I, by playing, I'll prove to the Cooman that I'm fit and ready.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a club versus country idea. It's been going on for 50, 60 years. So just, just before I answer that, I think there's a bit of history here, isn't it, that goes back a couple of years with McCarthy and Ireland mm-hmm. and, and Coleman, I think. It was, I think, in 2014, Key made the accusations, didn't he, or hinted that he thought that Evan didn't release uh, yeah. Coleman and McCarthy, mm-hmm. sort of like when they should have been doing. Uh, and I think... I remember doing something at the time I did. They actually played more games than anybody mm. in the preceding twelve months mm. for Ireland, and and, and Everton yeah. players. i not just those, but McGee. He, he, he sort of was querying Everton's Everton sort of attitude, yeah. and I think then <laughs> then the second carries on. in September was Keane got in an argument over whether James was a first team player. Didn't he call yes, in in yeah, September? Yeah. So I'm I'm sure, you know, <laughs> but you, you don't mind Fairly certain that that was probably all that thing was in Ireland sort of thinking when you picked them during, during the week. And so it, it's been going on a couple of years, this it hasn't just been mm. going on this week, over Ireland, players Nevin? But going back to your point, yeah, he's, he's in a bit of a rock and hard place, uh, James. To be fair, Koeman said, didn't he, I want to support players when they go you know, yes. play international. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's not he's not mm. stopping players going. Um, If you play for your country and you're there, you're selected you your yeah, you are got to play, aren't you, really? I think if you, you think so i thinks. I don't know whether, the perhaps you know. But would the would there be in that situation any sort of talk between the two medical departments before the had, second game? There yeah. had
1: been before he went. Kuman yeah. made that point, and I think the whole the the idea is that it's continual dialogue. But ultimately, you know, they might switch the phone off when they're making the decision, and then yeah, and then for, say, "We'll watch the game and find out." You know.
0: Yeah, for the second game, hmm. um, it, it's. It's, it's, it's been going on donkey's years, this, unfortunately. Uh, but I think James is probably ready right to play, but at the same time, he's in, he's in the rock and hard place,
1: Any So can I just ask you this, this mate, actually? Do you think Cooman has been, again, he was so public and so angry, do you think a part of that was behind the fact that he needs to get James fit? James, a player who's had injury problems over the past two, se- two seasons because of January. Now, he said he won't need to go and sign a replacement for Idris Gay when he goes to the Africa Cup of Nations. If he gets players back fit. Do you think in his mind's eye he's thinking James would be probably number one choice if fit to slot in next to Gareth Barry in January and fill the void? And do you think that's why he's so angry with Ireland?
2: I think there's a possibility of that, but I think he obviously loser to that. He was, obviously, we would be trying to get to so, so cold didn't we? So that didn't materialise. So it shows you where he wants to strengthen. It's a good shelf fill. I think it's more than likely that he wants to see James McCarthy fifth from now till January to get him over the line. I think Martin O'Neill's got to be careful here, as in that one, Everton's cage here, he's, he's got a large catchment of Ireland players <laughs> who are playing for Everton, so the last thing he wants to do is get on Koeman's wick, so to speak, so yeah. because, you, as I said, you've got Coleman, you've got, you've got McGeezy, but I know he's at Preston, like, well, you've got Gibson, you've got players, so he doesn't want to do that to Ronald Kuman I think James, obviously, was in the middle of it, and I think he was well within his rights. but I think this isn't the type of game for James... To come back straight into a game, he's going to get dragged everywhere if you're not fit, especially against Manchester City. I I go with the Tom Cleverly shout, he's more fit than what James is
1: at the moment. So, interesting stuff. So, we'll move on now. And, Chris, I'm going to hit you with this first (laughs) with the question Seven games in, a couple of months on, are Everton better off without John Stones?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, he
3: didn't cut out. Yeah, just just thinking. (laughs) You can certainly see how the move benefited all parties. He's gone. He's got his move now to a team in the, the Champions League, which he wanted. He'd pushed for for it for a year. I mean, to be fair, I mean he was professional last year when he didn't get the move. But he, obviously, ever since Chelsea came in, he, that's where he wanted to go. And you'll see himself developing under Pep Guardiola. But Everton needed someone who was a defender first and foremost at this. point. Point in time, and Ashley Williams was coming, and it's it's been seamless. Really, got a veteran centre half whose um, first priority is to defend. So, in in many ways, it uh, as Kevin Ratcliffe said to us this week, it is a a deal which has worked out um, the best for all parties, in my opinion.
1: Gav, is Chris right in that respect by saying that at this point in in August, Everton needed two centre halves whose priority and focus. Was defending and defending first and foremost, and we couldn't afford to play away uh, you know, a style that was bringing the, the ball out from the back and trying to build that way. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was half an hour to think of this one. Here, mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think
0: I think there's two answers to this question. There's probably about three answers, but I think, <laughs> as in the now, as in August to like now, I think Williams, as I've said before, he's an international class defender, isn't he? He's shown that, hasn't he, for Wales, and he produces international class so, so he's got more consistency than John Stones. I think he takes the weight off Jaggy Oak because it means Jaggy Elka's not, you know, helping stones and so on and so and, and I think he's a leader and, and so as of here and now I think it's a, it, it's within a better place. In the longer term, it's say if Stones are still here in five years time and Ashley Williams has finished and Jags has finished um and you know John Stones is quote to play with hundred England caps. Mm. Um, <laughs> whether that, whether down the line, it's a better move, I don't know. But then that's what forty seven million quid also gives you the opportunity to do, doesn't it, to, to, to move elsewhere. So uh, I think short term, yes, better. Longer term, doubtful because you don't. If he's that that good, then longer term,
3: it's not on
1: that. Tony, you were very vocal in your opinion about the sale of John Stones, and you were very disappointed mm. that the club did agree to sell him. What do you think? Do you think we are currently in a better state without him, or do you still think we're worse off having let him go? It's
2: the defense is better off, but the football team isn't. I think John Stones is, you know, I praise him. He's he's a world class player, as far as I'm concerned, and he will go on to be one of the best England players of all time. He's Everton, the defence looks more suited to, to play. I think what they had to do with obviously at the start of the season was make Evan more hard to beat, especially after last season the previous two seasons under Roberto Martinez. By doing that, you had to get defenders in. You could see why. So John Stones had to go had to be sold, but in my opinion, he shouldn't have done. You got to keep hold of your best players. And interestingly, we'll touch you on what the fans' reaction is going to be to John Stones tomorrow. I hope it's a good one. Don't forget John Stones is he's he's he was so professional during this time, yet he put two transfer requests in. But not once did he shy away from the fact that because of let's say he bragged he was injured after time, but he never he put in some unbelievable performances, one of the best players I've seen in an Everton shirt, and he should be commended for that.
1: Do you think he would get in the Everton team tomorrow?
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, there's no doubt about it. John Stones would get in any team, any team in the league. He plays for Manchester City. Manchester City are one of the favourites to win the league. He's already into playing for the international league, getting in any team in, in Europe, as far as I'm concerned. He's
1: really that good. Do you think, Gav, do you, th- do you kind of see an almost cruel irony about the fact that we've, we've let him go, but we've actually now, at the same time, brought in a manager who isn't scared of playing three at the back? And could you actually foresee, John? In a back three there tomorrow. He, I know, he, to, to yeah, point, he'd be better.
0: But... I mean, he's ideal for the back three, isn't he? In the middle, because your middle player in the back three is the one who brings the ball out. And so, of the, the options available to us at the moment, we haven't really got. I mean, that's one of our problems, I suppose. You know, with with the configuration, we haven't got a player at the back in the middle who's comfortable bringing the ball out of defence like Stone. So,
2: how good would he? Sorry, Gav, how good would he be alongside
0: Ashley Williams and Phil Jagielka,
2: the
1: man in the middle? Yeah.
2: Yeah, oh, He looked
1: great at Old Trafford in the pre-season game, yeah, by the yeah. way, in Did, that three at the back, didn't he? I think that's two
0: experienced players, yeah. proper defenders alongside him. At the same the same time, ideally, if you're playing three at the back, you want your two two centre-halves at the end, either end, to be quite quick because they're the ones who've got to cover out wide. Mm. And that's the thing I, I'd worry about at City.
2: But he's no slouch, though, has he got John Stones? No,
0: no, no. If, no. If Stones is in the middle and he mm. had Williams yeah. and, and Jaggioka as you outside three. then if you're covering width of the pitch because you're not playing like orthodox fullbacks you've got to move quite quickly out to the, uh, yeah. the out to the out to the, the, uh, the wide areas so um I think that's my problem with the back we've got with the back three um, but in, in Stones Holgate and somebody in the future mm.
1: you know mm-hmm. would be a great, uh, great yeah. back three as you say Chris how do you think the supporters high up in the Etihad I think they will probably in that new stand as they have been how do you think they're going to react to John? You know, it was only 12, 13 months yeah. ago. I remember he was down at White Hart Lane and the singing Money Can't Buy You Stones and it felt like we'd moved on and unfortunately he's gone now. But how do you think they'll they'll react to him?
3: Well, like Tony says, they are bitterly disappointed. But I think, it, although Mixed, I think it will generally be a, a positive, um, good reaction. We've got to remember people like Neville Southall putting several transfer requests. He never left. And um, absolute, genuine Everton legend. I think with. have um, John Stones, like we said, um, he didn't sulk. He just carried on professionally for, for, for another year there. And uh, I think it will be a, a generally positive reception. It's, it's a different um, situation as well to when Lescott went, mm. the way he spat the dummy out, the the non-performance against um, Arsenal. Arsenal and, yeah. and the fact that City, I think, although they had the money, had actually finished below Everton the previous season. Yeah. So it's a completely different situation than that. And I think they'll generally give him the... the um, Reception that he deserves.
2: Phil, do you think on the opposite end of the scale, if Rom's coming against any defence, that he knows John Stones's game better than anyone, doesn't he?
1: I think he will fancy his chance in a physical battle, with John. Yeah. You know, John's a very, a very clever, very adept footballer. Positionally, I think he's improving. I think, you know, and I agree with with what Koeman said. I think he, I think Pep, in so many ways, is the perfect manager for him. And, I, and he looks so much happier, doesn't he? Mm. And he's a nice lad, John. We wish him well. But I think if you're, if you're Roman, even I even think if you're Yannick as well, you'll fancy you, you back yourselves you know, in a foot race with John. You know, you can cover some ground, John. He's got a very long, graceful stride, but he isn't sharp, mm. so to speak, is he? Um, so yeah, I think that's going to be really interesting. But <laughs> the, the problem is, it's getting us into that position. Yes, isn't it? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: I mean, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a bit of sticks, more stones, to be honest with you. Why is that, um, though? Why is it? Just because he's left the club, which <laughs> just happens, and I think supporters are a well, perfectly entitled to give stick to somebody who, who says they want to leave the club. I think well, we will to, it, will it, it?
2: he signed for one of the best clubs in England, playing for one of the world's best
1: managers, yeah. travelling as but, wage. Yeah. Oh, oh, so can't well, you get your head well, round? Well, you I can't well, see it, let's put it this way: Will, will it will if Gav's right and he gets a bit of stick? Will it be under the bracket of? good-natured ribbing slash banter <laughs> or will it be nasty and, and no, no, it won't be less but I, think, I, think, yeah. be, I so think, there you go I think it'll be sort of along the lines of you know we were
0: 12 months ago we were saying money can't buy buy your stones and now actually <laughs> you've sort of gone now haven't you I think there'll be like a, a couple of city chants that maybe be in and in that, of that, <laughs> uh, that song <laughs> tomorrow by the way uh, and I, I think I would hope that uh, there'll be a bit of stick but I think it'll be hopefully good-natured ribbing like mm. you've normally Expect the player to goes, you know, whatever, whatever the circumstances, do you get a bit, you know, if they go for the fee, rather than somebody you know plays you've left under a bit of a cloud, yeah, uh, in the past, uh, and I think um, I think that would be understandable. But um, obviously, you don't really, it doesn't do anybody's image any good to, to start being. Phil, you've negative. you
2: sp- you spoke to John Stones a few times. Would you sh- would you see him as a type of character that may? I don't know if he comes under an atmosphere like this, he, he may react to it differently.
1: It's interesting, yeah. It's an interesting point because during during the difficult spells last season, yeah. and, and you know, January, the onset of January again, he visibly wasn't right, was mm. he? In his head, and he's affected his performances. But I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting test. My, my, my gut says Pep has, has given him or restored the levels of confidence he had when he broke into the Everton team, and I don't expect him to be flustered, but. Much of that answer will come from what's in Rom's head, what's in Yannick's performance, what what they put on him, and whether they make him or give him reason to feel uncomfortable and get flustered. Because if Rom and Yannick, and especially Rom, don't put him under pressure and just back off and go, "John's a great football, He can't press him. He'll just pass around us." Then he'll have a, he'll have a field day, won't he? Yeah. And how
2: he, important is the start then? Because if John Stones gets off to a great start. Starts playing 40-yard balls, yeah. coming out with the ball, taking midfielders on. If it goes the other way and he makes the odd mistake or Everton get an early goal, then you'll soon see the, the true John
1: Stones, won't you? Well, I think it'll be, as I said, I think it'll be a, a, a real test of his character and his yeah. temperament. If he's And you know, I think, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of looking at this from afar, I would say that he seems to have settled in well at City and they seem to have taken to him. But you can imagine if, if things aren't going well and he's at the heart of maybe giving some loose passes away, the Etihad will get edgy yeah, because they I, have done the re- we've played there. Sorry, Gav, the reason I asked that is we've seen, I think it was
2: last season or probably season before, was when he didn't kick the ball out that time. He was telling the park mm-hmm. end to calm down. So you can see the atmosphere may get to him. The, the only
1: thing the- is City fans have been bred on, certainly for the first seven games, mm-hmm. and to a lesser degree yeah. under Pellegrini, they're used to that football, aren't they? So it's not like yeah. Yeah, where we yeah, just yeah. like just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. They they're used to it. It's become a little yeah. bit more acclimatized yeah. now, aren't yeah. Yeah.
0: I uh, just to it. Yeah. Just just point there. I know we've talking tactics before and things like that. You mentioned like, Balassi and Lukaku pressing. Well, to be fair, for at least one of them players, you know, Roma doesn't come naturally. And and I think Cummins saws a hinted of that This hasn't he that he's not totally satisfied mm. yet with what what we're doing. Mm. So you would think tomorrow. Lukaku in particular has got her up his game a bit in terms of his work rates
1: compared to previous I, games this season. Absolutely, Gav. Sorry to interrupt because I assume it's probably going to be Otamendi alongside yeah. uh, John tomorrow. Now, one of the sort of lasting memories of that Cup semi-final defeat was me is when we were chasing that second goal at the Etihad late in the game. I just remember Otamendi just, just outsmarted Ron. And I'm thinking, OK, you can be... You know, you can come up against a more intelligent footballer who's better positionally and, and, and knows how to kind of you know, where to be and stuff. But I think thinking, Rom has got all the physical attributes to negate that and say to Otamendi, Yeah, you might be a smart footballer, but I'm six foot six. Yeah. 13, 14, 15 stone, mm-hmm. pure muscle. I'm just gonna ride roughshod over that. And he didn't impose himself enough. I, and yeah. that's my fear with Rom, that he doesn't do that enough. And I think tomorrow he has to I think he's gotta do it I, I just think I don't know what
0: Chris thinks, but I, I don't think he does enough for me, Rob.
3: No, he no, did. The thing is with Lukaku, he's an excellent goal scorer. He's he's always had that. He knows where the back of the net is, but he's almost like a too much of a gentle giant in some um, aspects. Like I said, there's been those great goals he scored against Dynamo Kiev when they were bouncing yeah. off him, or um, <laughs> yeah. the game, the cup game against Chelsea when he the slalom run last season. And when he does that, people just can't match up with him physically, but he doesn't do enough of that, and perhaps it doesn't come naturally to him. So it's almost sometimes like he's got to be riled. Somebody's got to wind him up sometimes. In in my head,
1: I can see a situation, I hope it doesn't play out like this, that when we do turn over the ball, on the rare occasions that might happen, it's fed to Rom, he's got his back to goal, and I I can't shake this this horrible feeling that he's going to be too ponderous. And a smarter and quicker stones and mendy who aren't as physically strong or imposing. Just gonna yeah.
2: nip in and get the ball. But this yeah. is where this is where Everton's support comes from in the in the areas. This is where we haven't seen a Ross Barkley support or a yeah. Kevin Morales support. On the fringes and the clubs that we've seen so far in the stadium I lighting at the Hawthorns, you've seen attacking midfielders, Kevin Morales and, and the likes and Gerard Fa Defe- supporting Rom, getting yeah. tight to him. The last thing I wanna to see tomorrow is Rom... One end of the pitch, and Everton's midfield in their own half. It's just it's a waste of time. Yes, yeah. The support has to be there. yeah we're all well and good telling Rom to hold it up and tame, but he's gonna need the support. He's gonna be surrounded by two top centre halves. Do
0: you think Otamendi's a top centre half? I think he is.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. He, I think he can be got up, but I think, yeah. at least I, think mentally, I think positionally he's very good. But I, I yeah. think in the, in you know in the cut and thrust of the Premier League, I think sometimes he gets found out. Unfortunately. Not enough yeah. times
0: by a yeah. I think tomorrow as well, the four go, going go back to the formation. You <laughs> may not have three around tomorrow, matey. Mm. But it's going to be know, even yeah. worse, isn't it? So,
2: yeah. Balassi
0: is going to have to be yes. touched yeah. tighter on yeah. more than anything. And it's how you play your, your three, whatever configuration. <laughs> you know, like so, uh, you know, he cleverly is interested in how, how they play as well. Yeah. You know, that they probably need to be up to pitch a little bit more when we've got the ball than normally, so it would be interesting to see, but I, still, I don't think we can hit. Well, if that's the case, that we played
2: like say three defensive midfields as Guy, Barry, and Cleverly, so to speak. Well, it's just a guy who's going to be pushing more forward, that's what like I said, we've yeah. seen at the stage in the light. We've yeah. seen he,
0: it. He can do it, and he's he done it in a few games. and he's, he's eminently capable of being I wouldn't say like a box to box midfield, mm. but as somebody who's very effective. I mean, I think he started that, didn't he? I mm. think he, yeah. he starts as his career more up the pitch. Uh, he's got in his locker, hasn't he? Yeah, he's he's far more effective, and he's seen. I think again, he was against Borough, he put a couple of good crosses in this one a minute. It's and interesting when
1: goal. interesting when you look at so again going back to the tactics and stuff, and you think about how Spurs played against City, and Sissoko seemed to do quite well in that formation, strong, powerful, played mm-hmm. right. You just think maybe it's maybe these games at Koeman, why Cooman had pushed for somebody like him. Do you think, do you think Everton seemed too lightweight against if they play against the Fernandinho? Well, my feeling is that you, you can, it, you know, Cooman talks about being aggressive, pressing aggressively and I think that also for this game, for my, in, in my eyes, means, you know, really being physical, mm-hmm. you know, unsettling City, unsettling Silver, unsettling Aguero, you know, being, yeah. being the mean finish, yeah. and you know, and I just, there are, there are areas of the pitch maybe you'd say we don't quite have that. Oh, I don't know. Do you think the whole Everton team have got that in the locker to do that for 90 minutes, Phil? It's a big ask, isn't it? Because they're only just really learning it, aren't yeah. they? Because we've yeah. seen Tottenham do it, but Pochettino's had, had
2: Tottenham and then group of players yeah. to play that yeah. way for a long time. Yeah. Where Koeman's had seven but games. This,
1: this, you, know, you could foresee a situation. Again, touch wood, hope it doesn't happen. They do it for 60, 65, 70 minutes, mm. and then it's just bang, bang yeah. one lapse of, yeah. of half a yard, to go around you, it's all over.
0: But this goes back to what I was saying before we're playing away from home, so like we're top, Spurs are playing at home already, so mm. it's a slightly different dynamic. And you know, we can afford to sit in a little bit more away from home and, and, and like press when we need to rather than 90 minutes of getting at the opposition's throats. And and that's why I said like three, three men in the front of a back four would. would would help help us uh help us do that. Um so I think we can do it, but I think we need to pick and choose it tomorrow. But uh, I I agree with everybody saying. I think you are right, So is that it's alright doing that but we've got to show something up top, haven't Definitely. we? Well,
1: let's let's not forget of course in the league we did go there and get a point last season. Yeah. Which, <laughs> or not. You know Martinez team dug in and got a deserved point yeah. so a clean sheet as well wasn't 0-0 nil, nil, yeah clean yeah. nil, sheet nil, like yeah. I wonder if, I wonder yeah. if John, John
0: Stones are going to be played like back right tomorrow <laughs>
1: <laughs> so moving on from John Stones who is in Everton's past and let's look to Everton's future their long term future Chris uh, mm-hmm. today as uh, again you've seen our, on our website pictures of uh, Fahad Mishiri leading an Everton delegation yeah. down to a, a site at the Bramley Moor Dock on, on the banks of the Royal Blue Mersey um, scouting out and looking at a potential site for a new stadium. As how, how an Evertonian, Chris, how did those images make you feel?
3: It's been going on for almost a generation now. These these new stadiums that came up in the mid-90s, I remember the Ever, Everton were searching for a new stadium then. It's been going on for 20 years at least now. And with King's Dock falling through, we thought that's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and Everton were never going to get that back. So to get an opportunity for another waterside stadium. It's almost like Evertonians don't want to get too excited at this stage, just in case it's like taken from under the rug again. But we've got to remember there's actually two sites here, the, um, the, the site at the site Stonebridge Cross, which is the easy option, but it's not the right option. It almost, seems almost unanimous that um, Evertonians want this waterfront site. So
1: is it wrong for Evertonians to get excited? You know, is it wrong for us to get too far ahead of ourselves on the back of these images and... And the intent that Farhad Machiri is clearly showing.
2: I think Chris was right there. It's hard not to get excited when you're seeing these pictures of you've got the owner of your football club, but the major shareholder of the football club, who's obviously got a few quid and he's looking at potential sites, and one's just so iconic in the heart of Liverpool City Centre, which would just It catapult Everton to another level, another level completely. It'd, it'd be humble if if he can get over that. Obviously, it'd be. It'd be all our dreams come true for what I'm I'm concerned. I love Goodison Park. I love it with all my heart. But it, the only thing that could make it possible for me, saddened to to leave Goodison, would be an iconic waterfront stadium. Uh, as I said, on 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 that skyline, it'd be it'd be unbelievable. And the potential it's got, the potential of
1: football club it's got, the area it's it's got everything about it. Gav, what message does it send out when you see our pictures? You know, what? What message did it send out to the fans? Um,
0: I won't say commitment, but you know, not like one of these. That was just saying it for the sake of it, really. I know we can still carry that on by going, but there does appear to be a genuine commitment, or uh, I think needs to do something. I mean, dare I say, you know, when you see the size of the main stand at Anfield now, and the yeah. fact that you can't see it from yeah. the ground, and I mean, you. you it's never is the senior club in the in the city. It doesn't look great does it, as mm-hmm. a club when, when that happens, does it? Um, and so I think I'm not saying that, that that's the prime move behind it, but that certainly highlighted the need mm-hmm. to what you know. But Tony alluded to before that doesn't. Though I wouldn't want to move. I've sort of changed my mind over the last six months. What's um, changed your mind? Has it, has it been I, the series? I, I think the, arrival? I think the main stand at Anfield for the right, stars exactly. and, and and the who hard around that. Um, and you know, I don't think we can possibly do that within the, the confines of what as it stands, at the moment. Mm. And it's just, you know, and it's just highlighted that you know the developments elsewhere uh, across the park over the last twenty years. I think, have three, three of the stands in the last twenty years been downfield r- roads? Road, road, yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know, um, and we've really sat back and we've done liquor paints and mm. bit of this and bit of that, you know, um, and I think haven't seen that and we're just now like i'm kind I, I i'm still you know it'd be great as a as a as a figurehead you know figurehead for the club or whatever you would call it as an iconic club image i'm still remaining to be convinced around the business side of it and like what it does to the well-being of, of the club financially um and as we see in the west Ham, there are some, some sure. of, uh, you know unexpected healing problems so I, I i'm still a bit you no, know, i'm not doing main to be convinced of that side of it, because in terms of having an iconic image, as you say, so on the road, Blue Mersey, etc., you know, that's enough to tell it. For
2: I think the thing that does for me, if you speak to the majority of people when you go on your ologies or whatnot and you go, Everton is that in Liverpool, they, they don't really get it. Where if you've got your iconic stadium on the skyline of the city, then people are going to recognize you more. Majority of people outside of Europe, they won't know Everton are in Liverpool. They just think it's a football team somewhere in England. Yeah, and I, know I think that's s- what Everton need to do. I, I know they you- can't just be a football team in L4. They've got to spread the horizons around the world. And by doing this, you put a football stadium in the middle of Liverpool city centre. Yeah. And that's what it, it, draws, it draws everything away from it, it. It
0: draws people who come to the city... And it, it gives an idea, you know, of where Everton is in terms of the city a lot more. But if you've never been to the city and you're watching Premier League football in Thailand or something, you, you're really going to be, you know, it's really going to make a difference where Everton is. Of course uh, it
2: just, well, you've got tourists coming into the city. When you go into any city across Europe, even if you're on a day trip or not, and you're in the city centre and there's one football stadium on your doorstep, you'll go and visit it on a... Oh, yeah, of course you yeah, do, that's what but, you
0: do. Yeah, but, the, you know... The, it's still a relatively small proportion of people come to the cities, don't they? I mean, I know what you're saying, but you know, yeah, but you know, you're talking populations of you know, tens of hundreds of millions in, in Asia, aren't you, and stuff in America. But what it, what it, what it does, it, it, in these days of social media and stuff like this, it, it does give you an image to, to promote, doesn't it? That, that's a yeah. different. It it's like Caribbean
3: yeah. reverse, where yeah. was, that was moving out of the city. This is really putting it back at the heart. Things like say that iconic skyline. Mm. I mentioned this with Dr. Franz during the week ones on the previous podcast. I live in New Brighton, so mm. right on the front there. Mm. And you can see both the stadiums. We've always been able to see them both there, but Anfield so much dominates the skyline. Now, it's on a mm. hill anyway, so it's higher up anyway, but because of that massive main stand mm. now, whereas Goodson's almost dwarfed course, by that.
2: We've seen, obviously, broken promises and everything over the past few years. This was a serious delegation of... Everton Football Club era wasn't it? What we seen all behind the scenes? Yeah, look, who was there? Yeah, obviously. I mean,
1: on the surface, yeah, on the surface, this didn't strike you as just some sort of token, yeah. you know, gesture, so to speak. You have Farhad there, Bill was there, uh, John Woods, Robert Elston, these D- Barrett Baxter, uh, Sasha uh Dan Mice, the American architect who the club have been working with, he's been consulting with them. Um, Joe Anderson, of course, mm. you know. <laughs> There was, you know, and this wasn't something that they were just kind of it was open for yeah. people just to walk in and see what they were doing. It looked like there was, you know, a security presence yeah. there, especially at the gates. Look, for for all intents and purposes, this was a serious fact-finding mission, so to speak. You know, you wouldn't fly Dan mice. Think halfway across the world I, just for every
2: Evertonian I speak to, they're
1: all adamant that this is the correct move for the the future of Everton Football Club. Chris, I was want to make a, mm-hmm. a point as well because you made a really interesting point a, a couple of months ago. Uh, and you did a Royal Blue column once, mm-hmm. and you said, forget signing players, forget you know what happens on the pitch necessarily to an extent. Yeah. Fahad Mashiri's real legacy Can will be. be the building of Everton's new home.
3: Yeah. Players come and go. Uh, like we said, um, John Stones, even Romelu Lukaku, they'll, they'll all be long gone, but the stadium, that's for generations of Evertonians. Mm-hmm. For years to come. Of course I want him to... Help develop the football side of things, that comes first and foremost. But nobody's been able to deliver this before now. Um, Peter Johnson tried, that didn't happen. It's not happened under the whole Ken Wright regime. So now that Bill's brought Farhard in, this really could be um, the the lasting legacy that he brings to the football club.
1: Absolutely. But obviously, we put that to the back of our minds for the time being and we focus on the trip down the East Lanx tomorrow. (laughs) Uh, Tradition dictates, chaps, that we give our predictions Gav how do you see Saturday afternoon going
0: Um I'm going to go with oh she's going no, to be Yeah, clear, no, so I can, can tell don't, it. no know we we're going start up and then give yeah I know too well yeah I think I've, just, yeah I've got to tell about like the last six is it not I the so, in club, like, yeah. not gonna, uh, unfortunately there's no like great you know things to hang on to for tomorrow uh, so I'm going to go with because I've had the warm feeling all week I'm going to go with one all draw
1: Okay, we'll take that, Tony. I think Everton will draw two two myself. Yeah, two two. Chris, what do you think, mate? I was
3: gonna go with one 0 draw, but just to be to, to mix it up then why why not just be crazy and say one nil Everton? You should come here more often. Uh, yeah. We I don't know, do optimism here, Chris.
1: I think I'll go for a repeat of the Roberto Martin has inspired heroic nil nil yeah. last season. and uh, think we'll hang on for a point. And I think I think, you know, Let's see how it pans out. But a clean sheet at City sends out some proper signals for Everton, yeah. and I'm, okay. I'm, I'm fairly confident we can, we can achieve that. So fingers crossed. Thank you very much for listening. hope you've enjoyed it. We've covered a variety of topics there, plenty to get stuck into after the international break. But uh, stay with the Liverpool Echo across this weekend for all the best previews and, and analysis from the, uh, the City game. Cheers.